So we're starting a new series. Uh, It's a series on hymn stories. Uh, And uh, today we're going to focus on the hymn, How Firm a Foundation. Uh, So the idea is to get a little bit more information about the hymns we sing and to spend a little bit of time on uh, what's actually in the hymn, what what the words are. So uh, I want to do this series on the hymns that we sing. They'll be all hymns out of our own hymnal uh, so that you'll see them on occasion as we sing them. Uh, Some of these we may know the historical background for and the doctrinal background as well. Uh, Some of them we may not know as well. Uh, We will see that these songs are more than just good music to sing to, though. Uh, These hymns are really sermons. Uh, They're uh, special uh, spiritual messages uh, in song. And I think that sometimes we miss that. I think sometimes we put uh, maybe too much concern into the music side of the hymns. Uh, Sometimes we're too concerned about how we sound when we sing or how the music sounds. Uh, And the problem is, is that we're putting the focus there on ourselves. If we're concerned while we're singing a hymn about how we sound while we're singing the hymn, we're putting the focus on ourselves and we're not putting our focus on God uh, or on worshiping God in our relationship with God. Uh, Sometimes maybe we get concerned about uh, how often we sing this song or we just sang this song. And we kind of tune ourselves out for a little bit. Uh, and really the truth is that these hymns have such good messages in them uh, that we could really sing them every single day. And we could get a blessing from it every single time we sing it. Uh, we could be able to continually growing spiritually from all of these songs each time we sing them. Uh, I think sometimes also we get uh, too concerned uh, about other things that are going on, uh, concerned with responsibilities that we have. And sometimes that causes us to miss the message as well. I know that happens for me. Sometimes I start uh, thinking about, okay, what do I need to do next? And, you know, I sometimes have some things I have to do during service and I just distract myself. And it seems to always be during uh, one of the hymns that I'm trying to figure something out. And I'm not necessarily listening to the words while I'm doing that. So I get distracted. And, and the idea is when we sing these songs, uh, they have a spiritual message to them. It's supposed to speak to us, and it's also supposed to be worshiped to God. And uh, so we got to try to not allow ourselves to be distracted. We can basically unintentionally miss a message from God to us, uh, and not really because that we don't want to hear from God. Uh, we just uh, let the opportunity to hear from God just kind of slip right past us. Uh, so the focus of the lesson uh, in this series is to focus on the words and the spiritual meaning. Uh, so we'll kind of slow down and go through all of these hymns, uh, each hymn at a time, and we'll focus on the specific message in these hymns. Uh, so today is How Firm a Foundation. You can find that in your hymnal if you want to pick it up. We're not going to sing it now, but surprise, we'll sing it later. Uh, but uh, So it's number 601. And uh, we're going to look at the words uh, in this hymn, number 601. Um, and I'll read that out loud and you guys follow along. Uh, and we'll just kind of take a look at all of the words in this hymn, number 601. I'll give you a second to get there. All right, how firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith 
in his excellent word. What more can he say than to you he hath said, to you who for refuge to Jesus have fled? Fear not, I am with thee, O be not dismayed, for I am thy God and will still give thee aid. I'll strengthen thee, help thee, and cause thee to stand, upheld by my righteous omnipotent hand. When through fiery trials thy pathway shall lie, my grace all-sufficient shall be thy supply. The flame shall not hurt thee, I only design thy dross to consume and thy gold to refine. The soul that on Jesus hath leaned for repose, I will not, I will not desert to his foes. That soul, though all hell should endeavor to shake, I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. And those really are some excellent words. Um, And uh, I believe from my research that those are the four original verses that were written for this song. Uh, If you look up this song and try to find more information on it, you'll find that there are other verses. uh, And it seems that they were written and added later on. Uh, So I believe that those are the four original verses uh, for the original uh, writing of the song. So we're going to look at the history of how firm a foundation. We're going to look at the history portion of this song first, and then we'll get into the uh, spiritual message of it. Uh, So first, when you want to look at the history of something written, usually you look at the writer, right? Uh, But if you look down at the bottom of the page, uh, you'll see that the text is attributed to K, just simply K. Uh, this K is there because uh, that is all the writer of this song, the author of this song. That's all they signed when they wrote this original hymn. Uh, so who is the author of the song? Uh, well, we have no written evidence of who the author is. Uh, it was written anonymously with just a simple K for the author in the earliest appearance of this song, at least the earliest that is known. Uh, so... I want to look at where the hymn came from then. Uh, the first known appearance of this hymn was back in eight, uh, sorry, 1787. Uh, 1787. That's actually 200 years before I was born. So if you do some math, you can figure out my age there. But, uh, 1787, uh, it was in a hymnal that was simply called Selection of Hymns. Uh, the hymnal was songs that were picked and put together by a pastor named Dr. John Rippon. Um, and so you see on, on the, in the hymnal there, it says text, it says K in Rippon's selection of hymns. So that's Dr. John Rippon. And, uh, the selection of hymns was his hymnal that he put together for his church. Uh, so, uh, for 63 years, Dr. Rippon pastored a church called Carter's Lane Baptist Church. And this church was located in London, England. Uh, there are later editions. That's the earliest known uh, written edition of this song. There are later printings of this hymn. Um, and in those later printings, there's different letters or names attributed for the author, such as K-N or K-E-E-N. Uh, and that's not what was in the original, uh, as far as my uh, research is there. Uh, but the so the music director at Carter's Lane Baptist Church was named Robert Keene. So this is the church uh, from the pastor that put these all together. This pastor, Dr. Rippon, compiled these hymns into the first hymnal uh, for his church and called that hymnal Selection of Hymns. 
Uh, and so the di- music director at that church, his name uh, was um, Robert Keene, and, and his last name is spelled K-E-E-N-E. Uh, so many people believe that the writer of How Firm a Foundation to be a man named Robert Keene, who was the music director of Carter's Lane Baptist Church in London, England, and at the time of when Pastor Dr. Rippon was there and put together this hymnal, this is uh, very possible, uh, probably uh, quite probable, but it's not definite. So uh, as I mentioned, the hymn had later printings with different letters or names attributed for the author uh, in 1822, the author was written as K.N. Again, could be uh, Robert Keene. Um, in 1835, it was written as Keene, but it was missing the last E. It was K-E-E-N. That was it. Uh, there was no last E. Uh, but then in 1844, the authorship was then attributed to Kirkman, uh, which is quite different. Uh, I mean, it kind of matches the K or the K-N, maybe first letter, last letter of the last name, but doesn't match Keen at all. Uh, so basically all that shows that we don't know for sure who the author was. Uh, it appears that the author wrote this hymn anonymously. And he did that on purpose. Uh, I think he did that because he didn't want the fame or the glory from it. Uh, I think he wanted the focus to stay on God. Uh, and it, th- that allows us to give all the glory to God. And, and this morning we're not sitting here talking about this author was so amazing. We're talking about how amazing God is. Uh, so I think that was a, a very wise and very spiritual thing for the author to do, to not take uh, the credit for it. Um, but even though we don't know the authorship, we know that the hymn was written by a Christian, it appears, uh, who was extremely knowledgeable in the promises of God that are found in the Word of God. Uh, and most likely he called upon those promises for strength in times of tribulation in his own life. And that's possibly what would have led to him writing these words for this song. Now I want to take just a minute and look at the American history of how Firma Foundation uh, came to America. So a group of Baptist churches in Philadelphia were the first uh, known to include this hymn in a hymnal that they were printing in 1820. Uh, This time in America was a very tough time. Uh, there were countless wars through the 1800s. I'm not like a history uh, major. I don't know all this stuff. I, I looked it up, and there were dozens and dozens of battles and wars in the 1800s, small ones, large ones. Uh, there was all kinds of stuff going on in that time. And that is the time uh, when uh, this song had came to America. You know, these families were having a hard time. You know, maybe they didn't know if the men and boys would end up uh, having to go off to war, there was also a lot of spiritual uncertainty in America back in this time. Uh, and, you know, I believe that the, the America was not as wicked and, and generally had better morals, you know, years gone by. Uh, but there was uh, many people in those days, in the 1800s there, that didn't know of or care about the truth that was in God's word. There was actually a time of great revival back in the 1800s, and that was during the time of when this hymn reached America. So it was very possible that this hymn was one of the hymns they sung during some of these great revival services where you know hundreds of people were giving their lives to Christ all at once. Uh, we will see that the words in this hymn will fit perfectly in the time that it was written, and we will see that it also still fits in today. Uh, it still applies today. 
and it will still be a help and a blessing to believers even today. So now let's look at, that was the history background of the song. Now let's look at the spiritual message in How Firm a Foundation. Uh, we'll look at the doctrinal meaning of the song Look uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. And you can leave the hymnal open as well. We'll be referencing the verses as we go through as well. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, and we'll start in verse 15. It says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. And their word will eat as doth a canker, of whom is Hymenus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Uh, in this passage, we have the very root of the doctrine in this song. Uh, we have Paul here writing to Timothy, uh, giving him advice, uh, and this is from a mature believer to a younger believer. Uh, Paul is addressing some of the things going on in the church uh, that Timothy is pastoring there. And part of this advice is, uh, in, which is inspired by God to be written from Paul to Timothy. It was recorded for us and saved for us. Uh, part of this advice, uh, is to keep in the Word of God. It starts off in that passage we read, study to show we're studying the Word of God. He's saying, stay in the Word of God. Uh, we, he's telling him to be in the word of God and to be able to stand firm in the foundation of God's word. Uh, verses 16 through 18 that we read there talk about not being firm in the foundation that is in God's word and the consequences of not being firm in that. And part of those consequences is ungodliness. It, it, part of not staying in the foundation found in God's word uh, is uh, ungodliness and, and straying away from sound doctrine. And we see in uh, verse, I think it was 18 there, that that can cause others to fall away from God as well, to stray away as well. Uh, so it's very important to stay firm uh, in the foundation found in God's word. So then we have verse 19 there. Uh, it says, uh, nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Uh, when your foundation is in the proper place, you will stay standing. Uh, you will not fail. You won't stumble. Things, uh, you know, obviously will come along in your life and will try to trip you up. But if your foundation is in the right place, you will make it through and you'll still be standing. Uh, laying a foundation uh, is the most important part of building any building. If you're talking about building a house or a commercial building, the foundation is the very most important part of the entire building. There is uh, so much time and money spent on just the foundation part of the building uh, alone. Uh, and so I got some numbers for us. The cost to build the foundation of a 2,000 square foot home. When you're building a new home, a 2,000 square foot may seem kind of big, but for new homes, that's pretty average and they actually get much bigger than that. 
Uh, but so we're talking about an average new house to build here. Now, if you're, uh, you're going to need to go out and buy some land, that'll probably cost you at least $30,000, maybe more, depending on where you're trying to build this property. After you buy the land, you don't just start building uh, the foundation, though. You have to go and uh, prep the land. And there's all kinds of testing involved, soil tests and all kinds of stuff involved. And all of that's going to cost you about $15,000 as well. Uh, then you finally get all that done and you can start building the foundation. And if you're building a full uh, regular height basement, you're looking at almost $40,000 in cost uh, just for the foundation and the basement walls. So the total cost there uh, would be around $85,000 for the foundation of this new home. And that's about 30% of the total cost uh, to build this house for such a small portion of the house that you're probably not even going to live in that often. Uh, you're not really going to think about too much once it's all said and done. Uh, but that's the foundation of the home, and it's so important. And that doesn't even factor in all the time it takes. Now, if you're looking to buy this land uh, to build this house on, it's probably going to take you uh, one to two months to close on it. It might take you uh, a few months to even find this property that you want to buy to begin with. But then once you close on that and you own this land, you can't just start getting the bulldozer there and start doing a bunch of work. Uh, there's uh, tests that have to be done. There's permits that have to be approved. There's zoning issues that you all have to take care of before all of that is done. And, and that's going to take you three months there alone just doing all that stuff. Uh, so by the time you buy this property and you actually start on the foundation, you're looking at three to six months. Uh, that's a lot of time, especially when they can build the rest of the house in about six months as well. Uh, so you're looking at almost half the time spent on just the foundation of the house. Uh, there's a lot involved in the foundation of a home, and it's because it, the foundation is the most important part. If the foundation fails, the whole house will fail also. Uh, the foundation affects everything that is attached to it. Uh, it's the same for our lives as well. Uh, when it, whatever we build the foundation of our lives on will affect every single part of our life. Uh, we need to build the foundation on God and on his word. Uh, we need to take the time required to do this because the foundation is a big deal. The hymn here, How Firm a Foundation, this hymn's message is all about the importance and benefits of having the right foundation. Uh, so let's look at the first verse here. And so this song is written with the first verse basically being uh, one person uh, talking to another person. And then verses 2, 3, and 4 is then God's message to man. And, and all of this, uh, verses 2, 3, and 4, God's message to man can all be found in the Bible and I'll have scripture that will go with each of these uh, verses. So let's look at verse 1 again in the hymn. How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. What more can he say than to you hath he hath said, to you who for refuge to Jesus have fled. Uh, again, this is uh, basically one person telling another person about, uh, about salvation and about being in God's word. Uh, we see in the first line here of the hymn that was written uh, with believers in mind. Uh, that You see the phrase there, ye saints of the cross. Uh, so we know that believers were in mind when this was written. Uh, it's almost like the hymn is calling for believers or calling out to believers. 
Uh, with this in mind, all believers in Jesus will benefit from the words in this song and can easily apply this song to their lives as well. So we know uh, who is being sung about, Christians or believers in Jesus Christ. Uh, we know that from the first line of the first verse. Uh, so let's see what the rest of this verse is telling us. Uh, the first four words, which is also the title of the song, How Firm a Foundation, uh, this verse uh, in these words is talking directly to Christians and is telling us that our, what our foundation should be. In the next phrase we see is laid for your faith in his excellent word. Uh, we need to have our foundation built upon the truths uh, in God's word. Now, these truths that are in God's word, they're unbreakable. They're unbeatable. They're unshakable. And, and that is the foundation that we should have our faith on. And, and it's all found in God's word. Uh, next, it says, what more can he say than to you hath he said? Uh, this, again, is in reference to God's written word, the Bible, that we have with us here right now. Uh, we're talking about an important fact here. Uh, God's word is all we ever need. Second uh, Peter 1.19 says, We have also a more sure word of prophecy. Uh, we don't need signs from God. We don't need uh, God to do some giant miracle for us to be able to believe the things that he's written in his book. Because, uh, like it says in Peter, this written word of God is more sure than all of that. And in that verse, in Second Peter, was actually talking about the voice of God. And, and so it's saying the written word of God is even more sure than hearing the voice of God. Second uh, Timothy tells us that all scripture is inspired by God. And we know in Isaiah, it says that God's word is going to stand for all time. Um, we also know that in Revelation, it says that we cannot add to or take away from God's word. Uh, that's proof to us that God's word is complete for us today. Uh, we couldn't ask for anything better than the complete written word of God to guide us through our life. It's perfect. It's whole. It's complete. There's nothing else we could ever need. The first verse ends with the thought of going to Jesus for refuge. Uh, this can be applied uh, in the way of salvation. Jesus is our ultimate refuge as our Savior. Uh, he has done the work on the cross to save us from our own sins uh, to protect us from hell and from the lake of fire. Uh, this can also be applied to those uh, who have already been saved. Uh, we can go to Jesus for refuge from this world that we have to live in every day. Uh, Jesus is our shepherd. He's the great shepherd. Uh, and as our shepherd, he will protect us and guide us according to God's will for our lives. So we can go to Jesus for refuge as well. Uh, now let's look at verse 2 of the song. It says, Fear not, I am with thee, O be not dismayed, for I am thy God and will still give thee aid. I'll strengthen thee, help thee, and cause thee to stand, upheld by my righteous omnipotent hand. Uh, so I believe that the basis for this is found in Isaiah 41.10. If you want to turn to Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10. It says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. 
I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Uh, This is God speaking here. He is saying that he has chosen Israel years ago from that verse and has always continued to be their God and to help them and protect them through all of those years. And we know that we're not Israel, uh, but we are God's children. And even in Romans chapter 11, verse 23, it says, And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. Uh, in God's eyes, all believers are his children. Uh, he sees us as covered by the blood if we have trusted in Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. And we are then part of God's family and we, because we have been grafted in just like Israel. God will take care of us as his own children because God wants to be our God. Uh, God wants to be our aid. Uh, God wants to be our strength. Uh, God wants to be our helper. And God will make us to be able to stand. Uh, God wants to take care of us and protect us. And he is more than capable of doing this. Uh, Let's read verse 3 of the song. Uh, When through fiery trials thy pathway shall lie, for my grace all sufficient shall be thy supply. The flame shall not hurt thee, I only design thy dross to consume and thy gold to refine. I believe the basis of this verse to be found in 2 Corinthians 12.9, if you could turn there, 2 Corinthians 12.9. It says, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. God's grace is sufficient. Uh, The third verse of this hymn is talking about fiery trials and the flame that would be all around us during those trials. Uh, This can be many different things. Uh, life will get hard at some point. Uh, sometimes it can be incredibly hard, almost unable to bear it. Uh, we're going to go through some really tough stuff in life. Sometimes uh, we're going to feel like Paul and we're going to want to ask God to remove these things. And that's okay as long as we're willing to accept God's will ultimately. Uh, God knew what was best for Paul. So God left these trials in his life. And God also knows what's best for us. So God may choose to leave these trials in our life too if that's best for us if that's god's will for us we can go through some very tough things in our life Uh, i've not met anyone yet that has a perfect life that has no issues Uh, i i don't even want to meet them if they exist Uh, but the these issues in life can be many different things it can be sicknesses it can be physical pain maybe physical limitations uh, might be emotional distress, family issues, financial issues, uh, maybe scheduling issues. Maybe you just have way too many things that you need to get done and you just don't have enough time to do it all and that just causes stress and, and, and hard times in your life. Uh, it could really be any hardship that you could think of. And, and the point is, life will be hard at some point. We will have to deal with some hard things. And this third verse is talking about these hard times in life. Uh, when life is hard... What should we do? Should we complain? Should we quit? 
Should we whine? What, what do you guys think? What are some things you should do uh, when life is hard? Pray. That, that's the first thing. You should run to pray uh, immediately. Uh, there's no better uh, time spent than time spent with God in prayer. Any other ideas? Yeah, that, again, probably the second thing you should do. Uh, pick up your Bible and start reading and finding God's answers in His Word. Uh, any other ideas? Steve? Mm-hmm. God's promises that are in His Word, yeah. Uh, in, uh, it's always easy when you're not in the hard time to say we should have faith and then the hard time comes and, and it's just, that's all you see right then. It's like it consumes your vision and it gets hard. Uh, but if your foundation is firm, and you've already built that level of faith there, uh, when that time comes, you'll be able to see through that enough to keep your faith strong uh, in God's promises. Uh, anything else? Any other ideas? David? That's good. That's good. Yeah, uh, just be quiet. Yeah, uh, that'll keep you from doing wrong things, being quiet. Uh, I try to teach my kids this all the time. You know, if you're not happy about something... Uh, or you don't like what I said, if you're just quiet, things will go way better than if you're sitting there complaining about it. Uh, one of our kids makes a sound anytime you ask them to do something. And I just keep telling uh, him or her, uh, so you can't figure out which one it is, <laughs> that uh, if you don't make that sound, it'll go way better for you. you know. I, and, and then I ask, I said, has that sound ever improved the situation any? And they say, no. And I'm like, well, why do you do it then? You know, what? we're human, right? You know, and it's the same way for us as adults. Uh, you know, something doesn't go the way we like. Or we're in a bad situation. What do we do? We, we usually complain. We should talk about how it's too hard or it's not fair. Or, uh, you know, we, we whine about it. Sometimes, uh, you know, we, we even quit. We just say, fine, forget it, whatever. Uh, but if we just pause for a minute, if we just be quiet, Sing, that'd be good. Yeah, I, if we could, if we could do that, that would really, um, you know, show God our faith and and everything. That that would be hard to sing a good song in a bad time, wouldn't it? <laughs> yep, yep. There's plenty of good songs we could go to that would get our heart and our mind in the right place and point us and focus us uh, back on God. I think. Uh, if all of those things are great, but I think also if, if you add to that, if we realize that God's grace is sufficient, that kind of goes along with, you know, uh, you know kind of pausing and, and relying on God and having your faith in God. Uh, James 4, 6, but he giveth more grace. Uh, God's grace will not run out. We won't get to the end of it. It won't come up short. Uh, God's grace is also enough is all we need to get us through all of these tough times. Uh, we need to realize that God's grace is sufficient, and we need to realize that God's strength is enough during our weakness. Uh, if I was so strong that I never needed help with anything, if I could just you know, march through life without ever needing help uh, with anything, and I just master everything I do, I would never know how strong God is. Because I was always doing it on my own. I wouldn't even know if God was strong because I never experienced it myself. Uh, I, I never needed help with anything. I would never know how strong God is. I would never see God show me his love through being strong for me. Uh, if I went through anything hard, 
uh, and I was able to do it on my own, I would not be able to see God love me enough to help me through it in his strength. I wouldn't see his love and I wouldn't see his strength. Uh, This third verse of this hymn also points out uh, the fact that our trials and hard times are not there to burn us. Uh, it, it says the flame shall not hurt thee uh, in the third verse there. It's not, they're not that trial, that hard time. It, it's not there to hurt us. Uh, they're there actually to make us stronger and to make us better and to take out some of the bad things that might be in us. Isaiah one twenty five says, And I will turn my hand upon thee and purely purge away thy dross and take away thy tin. In Proverbs 25, 4, take away the dross from the silver and there shall come forth a vessel for the finer. God wants to take this tin out of us. Now, tin, uh, if you know anything about metal, tin is cheap. Tin's not valuable. Uh, tin is ruined or broken easily. You can actually have a really thick bar of tin here. You can actually bend it and break it, and it'll crack as you're bending it. It falls apart. It's brittle. It's not good. Uh, dross there is also talking about. Dross is waste or impure matter. It's basically when you're refining metal, when you're trying to make metal better, it's the scum that forms on the top layer of the molten metal. Uh, it's basically worthless. It's a- actually harmful to the metal and makes it less valuable. Uh, dross is the junk in good metal. And the only way to get it out of the metal, the only way to do that is to melt the metal and then scoop the dross or the junk off of the top. Uh, this cannot be done without fire. And, and fire uh, does not do any negative effects to the good metal at all. Uh, the good metal actually is better for it in the end because of the fire. Uh, and it's able to get rid of all this junk that's in it. Uh, this is the fire that God wants to put us through to make us better. Uh, the last line of verse 3 in the hymn tells us that uh, God's purpose is to make our gold refined. Uh, God is trying to make us better. God is attempting to take out the junk that is in us. And through this whole process, we won't be hurt. Uh, if, if we rely on God's strength, we will come out of it better. Now let's look at the fourth verse says, the soul that on Jesus hath leaned for repose, I will not, I will not desert to his foes. That soul, though all hell should endeavor to shake, I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. Uh, I believe the basis for this is in Hebrews 13.5 and also Deuteronomy 31.6 and 8. Uh, I'm going to read those for you. If you want to turn there, that's fine. Hebrews 13.5. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Uh, Deuteronomy 31, 6, Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee. And then verse 8, And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. This last verse of how firm a foundation tells us two facts. First, it says in the verse there, all hell shall endeavor to shake us. Uh, we know 
that Satan does not take a day off. He doesn't take a break. First Peter 5, 8 tells us uh, this in Job chapters 1 and 2, I believe it is, shows us that Satan is walking around here constantly seeking to get us, to trip us up, to hurt us, to make us stray away from God. Uh, Satan and all of his demons are trying to shake us. Uh, that's one fact found in this. And, and the second is that God will never leave us or forsake us. Uh, no matter what happens, God is with us. God will take care of us. God will not fail us if we lean on him. God loves his children. And just like a good father, he will always be there for his children. Uh, we've now looked at all the doctrine found in this hymn. Uh, every time we sing it, we need to look at these words uh, and be aware of the meaning of these words and not just kind of go through it. Uh, we sing these hymns for a purpose. Uh, we don't just do it to fill in time. Uh, we sing these things, uh, these hymns, to stir our hearts, uh, to help us connect with our Heavenly Father and our Savior, to worship God. Uh, we need to be attentive to the words that are in the music. Uh, we need to make sure that we mean what we sing, and if not, we need to get it right with God uh, so that we can be better connected with God during this time. We also need to put our whole heart and mind into these hymns as we sing.